last week on Lore Seekers. Here's our first bit of news. Play the Dragonhold Prologue free and prepare for the season of the Dragon's epic conclusion. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we'll let the cat out of the bag because the cat was never in that freaking bag. Yeah, when Elder Scrolls Six comes out, my friends, we will absolutely 100% be covering everything Elder Scrolls Six. Regardless of what people think, I love BE3 and how it was done this year and how, you know, Season of the Dragon and the continuation of the cinematics. It just feels so much bigger than Somerset. But that second horn is going to be a gift. All right. A prize to somebody on this stream. Have a giant blowout stream and give that horn away. There you go. Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Lore Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Oh! 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 Mm. Oh! Oh! man. Oh! <laughs> What's going on? Nothing. You're like an old man. It's a seat. Just sit in it. I just, you know, sometimes I like get animated. This is my tavern, our tavern. I do whatever I want. Mm. Although, you know, I think I have a 51% share in this, so I think I, I can say what goes. I mean, you know, it just, it just... I'm pretty sure I put that extra bit of gold in there at the beginning. Just saying. I need whiskey! You need whiskey. <laughs> Why does she what answer to you? you? Boys? Well, go ahead. You called her. What are you drinking? Hi. Um... I didn't mean to yell. Can I have whiskey, please? It, that, okay. Uh, I'll take a Oblivion Dark Ride for me, please. Coming right up. Why are you the way that you are? Well, you could because I, I remember when we started this whole thing. You're like, I'm telling you, 50 50. <laughs> remember? Like, like it's, and that uh, was it's the, like we're talking about Bubba Gump Shrimp. You're just like, 50 50. All of a sudden, it's 51 49. Whatever. I may have done some dirty dealings under the table. Yeah. Well. I may have gotten as long some, as nobody gets my percentages. I may other have gotten Abnertharn involved. But uh, hey, what's going on, man? Um, nothing. So just real quick, you, what is fifty-one percent of what? By the way, <laughs> because <laughs> uh, of what? Uh. <laughs> of zero? Because <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> if that's what you're into. Yeah. Well, you know, we're we're big. Yeah. We're high, we're high rollers here. We're definitely high, ro- We're Dude, high rollers. Transition. It has been a freaking major week for you and I. I mean, not like going to his Oz event major, but I mean, like what? It's just, we've been freaking busy this week. What happened? <laughs> like, oh yeah. Oh my god. We've been busy playing freaking Guildmaster Online for the last week. And, and just to let you know, it's a breaking new game, and it's free to play. Anybody can play this game. It is not free, and the reason it's not free is because it will steal your soul. And your game time. Everything is always the guild leader's fault. It is. So there's that. By the way, if you ever start a guild, always remember this. It's always your fault. It's always your freaking fault. Absolutely. (laughs) We sent those t-shirts off a long time ago. It was a funny funny gag gift. Yes, we did. So we... um, 
we're serious about that, which is why we made t-shirts about it. But um, we have had a, 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 a big week of guild management, oh basically, gosh, is yeah. what's been going on. Exciting and things. It's fine. And we normally try to not make this Lore Seekers Guild podcast because that's not what it's about. But um, the reason that I bring that up is because I think, first and foremost, we want to make mention of uh, a few people that have really helped a week and are off and running. Jibs? Yes. Um, it's been a it's been a good week. We've got brand new officers that have joined the PC chapter, and I cannot. I I just you know I called Cash. I was texting Cash. I'm just like, this is amazing. Just watching these people work and go and just do things and just take off. You know, like Cash and I. Did you hear that? That was weird. It was like the back. Back Did you throat. fart? No, it was just like a. It was almost like a rabbit, but it was back of my throat while I'm talking. To you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I felt it in my throat. My throat. Started... Are you my prince? <laughs> I ain't kiss, kissing your face. Oh. Oh god. All right. Anyway, I do uh, not want to vomit on my keyboard right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, yeah, I am thoroughly just overjoyed. Uh, Cash and I, at the, at the end of the day, when it comes to our guild, like we don't want to be front and center. We want to just hang back and let them just run with it. And uh, new leadership, so shout out to Chivas, Aaron, um, and, uh, and Dade. Uh, Dade, thank you. I wanted to say, I wanted to finish Aaron's name. I'm like, that's not, no, I want Dade, thank you. And um, amazing, amazing people. Very excited to watch them just take off with it, you know, and just have fun and, and go. And um, couldn't be more thrilled, you know, just sitting back and just reading right. chat, you know. And, uh, I think you know. I think new guild leadership is is what is really fun in the position that that we're in. Because yeah, Jibs is absolutely right. We want a leadership structure, and we have this too on on console with all of our other guild leaders. They're they're amazing. We just like we pick the right people, and they just boom. They're just flourishing in their in their own guilds on their platforms. But um, you know, Jibs and I are just really happy to have brought these three folks in particular that we've been able to watch over like the past, you know, year and a half we've been playing this game and we have these and they're in your guilds too. Keep an eye out. Just really good people who are engaging with the community, always helping new players, showing up to all the events. And it's like, okay. So it was pretty much a no brainer for us. Um, and we're still, we still continue to work on it because our guild is very important to us, um, through and through every single platform that we cover. And, um, I don't know. I just think that when you put the effort in, it um, it brings things to fruition. So that was part of our week. Um, second part of our week, or the second part of my week, is I got a certain character out of mothballs. It's your fault. How's it my fault? It's your freaking fault, Jables. I'm not the one who, who pushed play. Well, true, but you're the one that planted the seed, and you know how I work. You know, this All is just what I do. All you gotta do... Is tickle me right here. Tickle, I have a couple tickle. other spots, but we'll go with this just, one. Just for, just for those listening, I'd like to point out he's pointing at his chin. Yeah, what, what tickle me right here. Tickle me on the chin, like an alligator. Seriously, like an alligator. What like has just, anyone like ever tickled an alligator? Why are your eyes? You go like this. Alligator falls asleep. Don't you watch freaking Discovery Channel? No. Hi. Last time someone tried to do that, he ended up dying. Wasn't that Steve Irwin? Or was that I it? had a story about my warden. Oh, okay, and I wanted to tell it. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I took my took Bobo warden chin. out of mothballs, right? Right. Started looking at uh, some of the newer builds for for um, the the latest patches, 
and I found uh, Allcast build and Zynodes build very, very intriguing. And I started looking at them going, ooh, there's some new skills here. There's a couple of, there was a new set to put on. So anyway, started messing with him, got, went to the target dummy. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Not bad, not bad. And then I took him to PVP. <laughs> Hi. I stand in the back and just rain hell. My God, do people die. It is so fun. Like, I'm, I'm not like a 12 to 15 kill guy in PvP. And all of a sudden, I'm sending Jibs text messages and my screenshots going, dude. It was fun. I'm glad that's going well because I think it's, I really think it's the other way around. Like, I have been wanting, privately, I've been wanting to make a warden again. And I go through this. It's a continuous circle with me. This time it took longer to get back around, but I always end up making a warden. Normally I end up not keeping him, but this time I want to keep them. I want to have one of every class. I've just decided because it's the best, especially, you know, post patches and, um, you know, what's strong for what patch and whatnot. And it just makes sense to have one of each, you know? And yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, you've got me at a place now where I'm like, all right, I want to make a warden. I don't know what kind. I don't know if I want to make magic or stam. But um, I already have a Bobo. Okay, so you already know that I pulled my Magic Warden out of Mothballs like last week. Yeah. Lackluster AF. I'm just throwing it out there. I, you cannot go from a Magicka Templar and throw that amount of stupid-ass DPS and then try and go to a Magicka Warden and do it where if you are pulling those numbers, it is infinitely more difficult than it is on a Templar. And I am a lazy gamer. <laughs> So, yeah, I want to learn how to play these classes, but, you know, yeah. there are some people out there that can push some incredible DPS on Magicka Warden. I am not one of these peoples. I feel like there's just incredible players in general, just watching them do these rotations. And, you know, one thing that always threw me off, quick tip for those of you who are looking to get higher DPS, you're just starting out in ESO. You know what's funny? Whenever you go back and look at the metrics of, of your uh, DPS rotations, guess what your highest skill is often? I know oftentimes. What is it, Cash? What is light it, attacks. Light attacks. Yeah. Yeah. Light attacks. That is that is a true freaking deal. Now, granted, there's synergies and uh, there's things built into your gear and your skills that will make your light attacks much more powerful. But if you are not weaving a light attack every single time you you start on an enemy, it should start with a light attack and you weave them in, which means light attack skill, light attack skill, light attack skill. Sometimes light attack skill, light attack skill, light attack, heavy attack. I need some resources back. Swap your bar and do whatever you're going to do. But put a light attack in between every single thing because not only are you going to get a little bit of resources back every time, you damage the enemy way more than you think you're doing. You look yeah. at those stratics afterwards and what is highest is typically your light attacks. There you go. Yeah. So I'm excited. There's a lot of things I'm working on. Oh, by the way, quick note for all of you here, the latest PTS... Pet Sork's got a nerf. Uh, Dragonite's got a buff. A nice buff. A nice buff. And uh, That's a nice buff. Night Blades. They got the buff. So there's that as well. Uh, but anyway, let's get started. We got, Night we got Blades. Some... Yeah. yeah. Son of a suckle. <laughs> Freaking PvP Night Blades. Oh. When, dude, when you're running around with those little Night Blades and they just disappear, poof, you know they're only gone for a few seconds. So I usually like just dodge roll, dodge roll, because I know that they're they want to stick those freaking swords right up my keister. 
That's how I felt today. I got my uh, Bobo Nightblade out, and uh, a Nightblade next to me goes invisible. I'm like, I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And so I go invisible. I'm like, come on. Who's going to pop out of stealth first? Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? It's fun. And, and all of a sudden, Jib's dead. <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Mind your business. Anyway, Swallowing his tongue. <laughs> well, we got to get started here. Everyone, thank you so much for hanging out. This is the Lord Seekers podcast, where we talk Elder Scrolls Online. We are your hosts. I am Jibs. I'm joined by Cash. I would say probably about an hour before the show started, my friend. I was ready for um, I was ready for old man nap. Were you? And yeah, and then I have this high-powered, super high-octane coffee that my wife brought me home, and I have it in my cool little Gandalf cup. And um, now I feel like I could either run a mile. I could clean the entire house in 10 minutes or do a podcast. You can mow your lawn and take a whole two minutes. I don't have to mow my lawn anymore. I got all all that really nice artificial grass. Oh, you're such a douche. Dude, there's a drought in California, bruh. Well, it's a smart investment. I'm over here. It's a very smart investment. My freaking grass looks amazing all year. I think I just mowed for the last time this year. It just hit 46. Tomorrow's going to be 36 in the morning. Winter and fall are arriving. Fall and winter. Anyway, like all right. 80 outside uh, today here. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we got to talk news real, or business real quick before we jump into the show. So for those of you who are listening right now, we have something very special coming up this week, Sunday, that is the 20th of October at 7 p.m. EST at twitch.tv slash Podcast. You can come and watch. It's our annual Halloween event. And we've got all kinds of goodies going on. Ooh, yeah. It's a scary, scary time at the Warsi course. We got. We, <laughs> we got a costume, a themed costume contest. We're doing uh, haunted darts and we're doing a, a haunted world boss. Uh, normally, what's Wednesday is now Sunday run. So there's that as well. But uh, so you can look forward to that. And mark your calendars November 2nd. We are doing our annual Extra Life stream. This is something that's very, very, very near and dear to Cash and I's heart. As family men, we both have families. We both have kids. It means a lot to us to help hurting kids. And so we're going to be streaming. We want to raise as much money as we possibly can. What? Is that like hurting cats? You like to help hurting kids? Oh, crap. I like to... Ah, semantics. <laughs> potato, potato. It's just words. <laughs> I love putting kids in a corral and oh. feeding them hay. Anyway. Oh, sorry. We love to help raise money for hurting kids. There. How's that? You for others bag. to hurt kids. You big douchebag. Anyway, our goal <laughs> this year is $2,500, and we want to absolutely crush it, and we know we will. But please come watch. Come support us. And we would really appreciate it. We're going to be giving away all kinds of awesome things, includes the reliquary coins. Um, maybe, well, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to leave it there. It's really good. Very, very special craft that was made. Oh, yeah. Taught you, by my wife. She taught me how to do it. And handmade. I really think I nailed the first one. But my wife, who's amazing at arts and crafts, taught me how to do something we're going to give it away on the show, and I am guaranteeing you're going to love it. Yeah. it's. I forgot about I that. I almost don't want to give it away, but yeah. I'm going <laughs> to. Yep. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. 
I will not. I it's will not. good. It's really cool, though. It's, yeah, handmade. It's really, really cool. So anyway, there's that as well. All right, so now on to the show. Thanks so much for your patience. So last week on the show, we talked about uh, 100%ing the uh, Save Cats, Slay Dragon, Save Cats event, uh, Prologue to Dragon Hold, Meeting Saisahan, and the lore lesson on ESO Pirates. Yar, yar, har. And uh, this week on the show, we're uh, answering your fan mail. We're uh, talking GameSpot and ESO. More details on Dragonhold and a lore lesson on Nocturnal, the Daedric Prince of Darkness. Yeah, we're gonna start a little a short little series here until we hit Halloween on some of the scarier things in ESO. Oh, it's gonna get super, super duper scary up in here. Oh look! I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. I just wanna give you a hug. Can I give you a hug? What? Why is he wearing lipstick? Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just going to keep moving on. I don't know what that was about. You do you. Uh, yeah, you know, if that's your thing, that's your thing. Yep. Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what? Nothing, I'm man. Nice lips. You, you, I'm last thing lipstick you, next The show. last thing you need is another shade on those lips. <laughs> I'm going to put lipstick on next, on next just show. Just the idea of you just wearing lipstick. F you up. <laughs> you going to wear hot pink? You don't know what I'll wear. <laughs> I'm spontaneous. <laughs> there you go. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, it's that time where we answer your mail. You contact us. We read it here on the show. And we got a couple here today. And uh, first up on the podcast, we've got an email from Tamriel's Adventurer 317. And they say, hey, guys, thanks for the show and the community. I'm going to keep this short and sweet. PVE... Or PVP. <laughs> I'm laughing because Cash can't do it. <laughs> he can't do it. I, uh, yeah, that's going to be tough. <laughs> do you know what we should do? What? We should do a three, two, one, and then just give our answer. That's my thought. Okay. Do whatever you want, but okay. I'm right. just saying. All right. Ready? You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Three. Three, two, two. One. One. PvE. PV. PvP. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! <laughs> you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup! Yup! <laughs> Not because we picked opposite things, because oh. I knew exactly what the F you were going to say. That's why. Yup. Yeah. Yep. That's, what, that's what now, that is to say, I want to say this. This is Lore Seekers. We love lore. And I love lore in PvE. I love it. I enjoy running dungeons, higher-end, difficult content. We're at that place in, you know, in our time with ESO. Um, but what comes natural to me, when I first log in, I queue up. First thing I always queue up for is Battlegrounds. I love Battlegrounds. This is true. I'm a Battleground guy. This is true. And in the opposite for me, every single time I come into the game, the very first thing that I want to do is check in with people in discord and sit and i always ask what you guys up to and that's just translating into you need a dps to come with you to do what you're doing that's all that is for everybody who's in discord with us that's exactly what i freaking mean when i come in who needs who needs dps <laughs> because i'm looking to get into a dungeon or a trial or something now that being said 
there is something that I think we should address here and just a real quick thing, but you and I, like maybe me more because I'm more of a PVE-er, even though I like PVP, more of a PVE-er. But when like our community is very active and especially like during prime time, there's a lot of people on that are always doing something. It's very difficult. First of all, we like to be in discord so we can talk with the peeps, but it's very difficult to quest while you're in discord because everybody, everybody's just shooting the shit or talking and having a good time talking about each other's day, talking about builds, whatever. It is almost impossible to quest and pay any dang attention that you're not, you know, space barring through all the amazing stuff when you're, when you're in, in discord or in a voice chat. So my PVE has really been relegated to running tons of dungeons and, you know, overland bosses and delves and stuff like that with guildies because we're kind of a more of a social thing, but I miss questing. Like I re I really do miss questing. Are you counting how long it takes me to finish this point? Please continue. My stopwatch is going. Cause you're like bouncing around. Forget it. Anyway, I'm just waiting. I like PB. Sweet time. I'm just gonna sit here in this bar stool on my own, drink my whiskey, and bob up and down. It's because it throws you off and it makes me happy. You're a real. <laughs> you know that? I'm a real what? You muted up. I didn't hear a bleep. Was oh, that a bleep? You're a real. Oh, there it is. There's that. Okay. So right. we're clear. Okay. Well, <laughs> you know what's funny? It's a funny you say questing. Um, there's a couple different points I want to hit on. One, any you and I both, anytime new content is dropped, we're in it as far as um, whether it's dungeons, it's a zone, particularly those chapters. Like We work through that, and, and we see that a lot, the second point, also in our community as well. That first About that first week, that a brand new chapter is out. Discord is like, like you could see like, <laughs> it's like a desert and you just see this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because everybody is chewing on that content, which is absolutely like yeah. no brainer. That's and, um, what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And so nowadays uh, with everything that's going on behind the scenes for Cash and I with floor seekers and the community and just, Everything else that ties in with lore seekers, uh, yeah, our questing, our PVE time is really relegated nowadays to um, more times than not is dungeons or trials, right? You know, like um, I, and it, that's not because we're disregarding those things. It's just that's kind of where we're at in our ESL playthrough at the moment. And yeah. um, but gosh, there is, and, and we really heck, we even talked about it on the show. You know, that first week. When uh, Elsewhere dropped and even Somerset dropped, you know, we were just like taking our time, chewing through the content, and that's how we do it. Yeah. And sure. uh, it's the way it should be done, though. Absolutely. Honestly. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. we we know whether or not, at least within uh, within our guild, we know whether or not people are playing. Because you just get on and you look at the roster. There is nobody on those during those opening weeks. There's nobody in Discord and there's, you know, 50 people playing. Yeah, you know, at prime time or whatever, like okay, well, there's a lot of people playing. Oh yeah, voice but, chat, it's it's a desert. It, voice, I mean, but uh, text chat, it's just flying. I mean, there's just stuff always happening. Yeah, in, in text yeah, chat, a bunch of people talking. Oh yeah, so oh yeah, so uh, anyway, I think for me, it's it's naturally it comes to PvP. 
Um, the more and more I get invested in ESO, I love chewing through the content of the new drops, you know, the new releases. But what I, it comes natural is PvP, and uh, I'm, I'm really getting to a point where I want to do a couple things. I want to focus on grinding gold, having a high bank account, and two, I really want to keep churning through these uh, experimental builds that for the website. And so, I just I log in and <laughs> we were running last night. We were doing battlegrounds and Cash was like, "So, uh, you feeling a dungeon or uh, you want to do a dungeon or you want to do more PvP?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah, let's do more PvP. We're almost done. I gotta leave anyway." Yeah. So we did another BG and then he went to bed because as soon as you say dungeon, you're just like. Oh, I'm super tired right now. <laughs> That's not true. And then you're like, well, let's just do another battleground. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, hey, man, it's it's whatever you like. You know, all you know me. If if we're both online, like if all the planets align, Swiss cheese holes are like this. A miracle. See through them. A sign. Yeah. And you and I are online at the same time. It's like, I don't care what you want to do. You want to go do sleeps on bridges. We'll go do sleeps on bridges and just shoot the shit. That's right. Just because we get to play together. So I really don't care. Yeah. But um, what he's done is he's made me really, really enjoy PvP. And I want to get him into Zero more. Oh, yeah. We got to do that. We, we keep talking about Zero, it. We just got to do it. Man, we've, we, just, we have a lot, of, a lot of folks in our community that are really good at that. And they're great at leading it. So yeah. when you have somebody that knows exactly what to look for and they want to lead the charge, yeah, there's a freaking army of lore seekers running around and it's really a lot of fun like that's where Cyrodiil gets super fun and the other time is when you're sneaking around on your own trying to do stuff in there whether it's getting lore books or sky shards or whatever but dude that's fun too Cyrodiil is an amazing freaking place and if you've never been there get your butt just put yourself into a campaign get your butt there and just go look at it it's so awesome it's massive Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, and I, we need to keep moving here for time's sake. But I would love to see. And I said this. I, I don't know where I said this. I think I said it on the live stream. And I don't mean to make this a PVP talk because this is really fifty-fifty PVE and PVP. That fifty-one forty-nine. No, stop it! You stop it! You stop! I see that face. You stop on the. <laughs> I would like to see. Oblivion's arena fully realized in ESO in that PvP arenas, you know, because it's very lore friendly, actually. So I would love to see 1v1s and 2v2s. I would love that with a leaderboard. That would be awesome, but I think that would be the death of Cyrodiil. Really? I do. Really? That I mean, that really kind of brings it down to a microscope where Cyrodiil's wide open. Well, because if you had something like that with leaderboards and all that stuff, like right now, the, you know, leaderboards and stuff are are there with Cyrodiil and, you know, the guilds making a presence there and doing everything they got to do to be number one. But if you, you know, the fight for Emperor and all that stuff. But if you were to make, like, rated matches, I think that that would take a huge chunk out of Cyrodiil and Imperial City. Mm. All I'm saying is, look, I just want the arenas, sure. and then we start out with the title Chicken Chaser. All right, that's all I'm saying. Those well, that took a strange have... turn, and I, I, I want to ask why, but I'm not gonna. Oh, <gasps> you don't know that reference? Chicken Chaser is that from WoW? 
No. You try again. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna make you answer this. I'm not gonna talk. It must be a really fun show for the listeners right now. <laughs> fable. Freaking fable. Oh fable. Okay. Well, I I thought you were talking about actual adult games. Yeah. 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 Hey. Okay. Thanks so much, Tamriel, for the uh Email. We're going to move on now because Cash is a douche. Next up, we got a Numa's Prime. <laughs> a voicemail here on Deidre and their power. Let's take a listen. Hey, guys. Jason Cash. I absolutely love you guys. Uh, I'm the Numa's Prime. I just got accepted to your guild, and that was just a huge thing for me. I was actually kind of nervous. Thank you. I love you guys. I'm listening to your uh, podcast right now covering the witchcraft, the, all the good stuff coming out next week. And I was thinking about Mephala, and I know that Cash has mis mentioned uh, Drizzt before, uh, and so I was just thinking Mephala reminds me very much like uh, as Loth from that universe. And uh, Loth's biggest, in my opinion, biggest series is War of the Spider Queen, which I love, and anyone should, everyone should read it. But um, in that series, in that specific series where Loth, uh, she goes through a a transformation as a god, like a reincarnation, and becomes more. And, you know, there's a whole story about that. And um, I don't think that has been, anything like that has been covered with the Aedra, the Daedra in Elder Scrolls throughout all of the four eras. I don't believe, like, a, any form of uh, acquiring more power or, you know, and uh, something around those lines with between the spirits. That, maybe that might be really cool to kind of get into, like, you go on, cause like you always go on quests with like Shiogorath or Bethoya or, uh, uh, the Mad God and all that. And they, they play their fun games and whatnot. But, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it could be like a, like a chapter, like a story. I don't know. Because like going through like, uh, like an avatar, like a reincarnation of a daedra, like a, or, or of a god, like of that nature would be pretty wild. But I love you guys. I'm listening in. I, um, you guys are just wonderful individuals. Um, and so is everyone in the guild, and uh, you guys have a good time, and I hope to see you uh, roam around the lands while we're gaming. <laughs> All right, well, take care, my friends. Bye-bye. All right. Cool. Thanks, yeah, Anubis. Thanks so much. That was awesome. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to let you open this up. Right. So with Daedra, Daedra and their power, and, and I think he's right. Like, unless we are wrong... I don't know that there's been really any stories about, you know, like true ascension to more power and more power. Whereas, um, you know, the difference between the Aedra and the Daedra is where the Aedra, upon the original creation, the Aedra were those that gave of themselves. They gave some of their own power so that Mundus could be created and Nern could be created. And the Daedra were the ones that went, hell no, we won't go. I'm not giving up a single <laughs> damn thing, but I'm gonna, But we're all going to sit back and just watch what you create, and then we're going to F with it. And that's exactly what happens. So the Aedra, in a lot of ways, may be seen as less powerful than the Daedra because they gave of themselves for the creation of Mundus. Whereas the Daedra, they kept all their power, and now they use it truly to screw with mortals and it's it's funny because some of them are you know some of them are not as bad as others like tonight we're going to talk about nocturnal she may not be as bad as others but she ain't no nice person either so yeah 
it, it would be a cool storyline. But the one thing that I like about Elder Scrolls and the different chapters and stuff is that although they've done it differently in certain chapters, like this one went to elsewhere, this, we have nothing to do with Adria or Daedra right now in this storyline. You notice that? Yeah. Like nothing. Nothing. Um, I'm not upset about that either. That's kind um, of refreshing. Yeah, know? exactly. I love that. I love that they're doing that. They're mixing it up. Yeah. But at the same time, like, look who showed up during Somerset. That was a total surprise. Like, whoa. If you haven't played it, then fine. I won't spoil it. But I'm just saying, like, it was holy crap. Yeah. Um, but I love how these different game chapters go to some of these uh, realms of oblivion that these Daedra um have dominion over i think that's really cool um but yeah um yeah anyway that's pretty much it that's my whole point just like a little yeah, short no. little, a little tiny little lore lesson on adrian adrian <laughs> yeah no i agree 100 percent um i think you hit the nail on the head i really don't have any more to add to that so yeah. anyway well if, we, was... if it had anything to do with pvp you'd have shitload to add to it but evidently <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of that nut kick? Uh, oh, you're, a, you're a dick. Let's do the news. <laughs> yes. This is a lore show, by the way. <laughs> oh, Anubis. Thanks so much for the voicemail. We appreciate it. All right. It's time for that uh, sweet, sweet tickle of the news. Before we do that, if you want to get something for free on us, 100% for free, no strings attached. I've done this before. You can too. If you want to get something for free on us, visit audibletrial.com forward slash lore seekers you sign up for the free 30-day free trial with audible and you get one free audio book and two free audio originals you can either keep your service with them going or you can cancel it immediately after you've chosen your books and you get to keep the books for free so audibletrial.com forward slash lore seeker i got a really cool book for folks i would imagine that half of our listeners already know what this book is but um, it's called uh, The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothfuss. Uh-huh. Very, very cool story. It's high fantasy. It's very taverny. Oh. But it leads to a greater adventure, which, see, Raxwolf says fantastic book. It oh. really is. It's amazing. The storytelling that Patrick Rothfuss does is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, really good. And it's, I have it on Audible because I'm not really a reader. I'm a listener. I'm the same way. Yeah, I'm on the road a lot now. So that that really is the best way for us, I think. Uh, but anyway, yeah, audibletrial.com forward slash Lore Seekers. All right, so here we go. Explore a renewed Southern Elsewhere and Dragonhold. This is coming to us from ESO Official. And uh, this was put out earlier in the week. And uh, they say, quote, decades ago. And by the way. Full disclosure, this is a preview article for Pelantine, pretty much. Okay? Or Dragon. Yeah. Southern Elsewhere as a whole. Decades ago, plague and fire ravaged the once proud kingdom of Pelantine. Learn about the lawless wildlands of Southern Elsewhere coming with the Dragonhold DLC in this latest preview article. Uh, when adventuring into Dragonhold's new zone, Southern Elsewhere, you encounter a land and recovery beset by threats on all sides. This new zone is similar in size to other DLC story zones, such as Merkmire or Clockwork City, and it is packed full of new quests to complete, challenges to overcome, and sites to explore. 
kind of goes into a little bit what we can like, expect to enjoy here. So not only do we get the main story, uh, main storyline, which is you know really has that little extra umph this year because it's wrapping up a whole season of the dragon, so it just means that much more. Uh, you, not only do you get to complete that, but next you're looking at confronting dangerous world bosses. I like how they add these you know these ver this verbiage in there. Confront dangerous world bosses. Explore mysterious delves. <laughs> world Unlock. bosses and delves, that's all I heard. <laughs> that's the marketing talk right there. Unlock new crafting stations and gear. And, yeah, you had to add the R in there because you couldn't just let it go. And uncover a host of additional side quests that give you a sense of the history and character of the region. This, de this uh, area was devastated by a recent plague and overrun by lawlessness. Southern elsewhere... It's home to those who struggle simply to survive. Now, what was this the plague, actually? What was the plague again? Manhattan flu. Yes. He's learning. He's learning, everybody. Do you think I know nothing on a lore show? Uh, I started yeah, side That's pressed. pretty much it. <laughs> You're such a <laughs> dick. You're such a dick. F&A, hey. Cotton. Hey. <laughs> This is so untrue just because you do all the lore talk. Hey, guess what, folks? Side quest is out again, by the way, because of you and your support. So, yeah, we did lore on a bow, on a weapon. Guess who hasn't done that before? Numbnuts across from me at the table. He hasn't. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Four Minutes of he Lore. Hasn't. No, it was 15. He yeah. hasn't. Ask him about the lore of the bow in a week. He's going to purge it. So, Ooh. anyway... Dragonhold's zone lead, Jason Barnes. Good to see you, Jason, in here. You deserve this, buddy. Said, quote, The people of the region are still trying to recover from the devastation of the Manhattan flu, along with wildfires from 20 years ago. They can't seem to catch a break either, as an abundance of pirates and slavers rule almost everything outside of the city walls of Senchal. Within the city proper, an imperial legion known as the Shields of Senchal followed their last orders given before the fall of the Empire. I like this. This resonates to to provide aid <laughs> and protection for the people of Southern Elsewhere. So they're clinging to that. Outside of the city walls, everyone must fend for themselves. End quote. Places in turmoil for the most part. Yeah, pretty much. <clears throat> Pirates. Pirates, yar. So talking a little bit about the lands of Palatine, uh, just as the people fought to reclaim their homeland, the environment also battles to restore itself to its former glory. This includes all the things that you're going to see out there. Plant life, unique beasts such as a lumbering but curious Glyptodon, the dangerous mountain bristleback, and the horned addicts. But don't be fooled. Despite its near-apocalyptic past, Southern Elsewhere still features... Beautiful, pristine, pristine white sand beaches, tropical grasslands, that's where they grow the skooma, and dense jungles of the Tenmar Forest. So when designing the new zone, the team wanted to show that culturally this is still the land of the Khajiit. Coming from ESO's art director, C.J. Greb, the fun part was leaning into the tragic results of the Manhattan flu and the scorch that followed. We got to take all of that beautiful Khajiiti architecture and get it dirty, break it down, and play with the idea of a people still recovering from the traumatic events of the past. We wanted players to feel the sense of a place that had been through a period of decline and yet was clawing its way back. 100% pun intended right there. Uh, I see with cats do. and claws and... Okay. 
Greb that... continued to say, we had tremendous amounts of fun exploring the idea of the joint governance between the long forgotten Imperial troops and the native Khajiiti citizens in Central. The idea that an occupation had slowly found its way to becoming a partnership was unique and finding ways to visually mix the two cultures was really cool. If you ever get the chance to have any part in the creation of Cat Pirates, I highly recommend it. Oh my god, Jibs just had a kitten. <laughs> meow, yar. Yar, meow. So excited. <laughs> like, what is the, what does the Kajini pirate say? Meow. <laughs> yeah, meow. <laughs> we just created a word. Oh, we're Meow. <laughs> oh. This is such a stupid show. No, I'm sitting. <laughs> no, I'm sitting. <laughs> no, I'm sitting here trying to really pronunciate this. That's not yeah. going to happen. <laughs> Extra emphasis on the R. Oh, so anyway, it wouldn't be an expansion season of the dragon without more freaking dragons, right? Well, here we go. We're talking about a new threat. So, in addition to the people already dealing with pirates and slavers. They must now deal with the rage of dragons from the north. Jason, <laughs> chat's catching up. <laughs> Jason Barnes continued to quote: "While many escaped dragons stayed in northern elsewhere, a number of them have come to lay claim to the south. One of them, in particular, once held domain in the territory long ago, and is looking to take back what he believes is his." Quick note: This new dragon uses a dragon-worshipping cult called the Order of the New Moon to help his schemes. And he has garnered powerful allies to lay waste to the region's defenders. Dragonhold features the dragon hunt events for the first uh, first introduced with Elsewhere chapter, but also enjoys... <laughs> but also... <laughs> but also enjoys uh, new types of dragons, Storm and Frost. Both these dragon types feature dangerous... New abilities that you'll have to con uh, contend with when battling them, so look out. Yeah, FYI, the weather changes, if I remember correctly. So there's that. You know what I want to know? Yeah. What are we going to do with the dragons that are over the rest of Tamriel? Well, I think that's going to be answered in the following chapter. Yeah. You right? mean in the in the culmination of no, Dragonhold? No, no. I think... Well, I think that that's going to set up... In my personal opinion, I think the end of the season of the dragon is going to set up the future of dragons for this foreseeable future in ESO. So, I gotta put up with those dragons just, like, orbiting over those cities until the yeah. next chapter's out? Yeah. Because I'm not gonna lie, I'm not used to it, and every once in a while, like... I hear it if, you know, I'd like to engross myself in the game's music and everything. So I have everything on and I'm walking through the city and I hear the, and I'm like, oh, I peed a little. I like, I'm not used to it there. Right. So I guess I mean, it's one that, of those things. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, to me, per me personally, I, it never gets old. I'm running around in Glen Umbra, wherever I'm running in a major city. Yeah. And, it's awesome. Uh, I love it. I'm sitting there I, going through my outfit, and I just hear them in the back, you know, the ambience in the background. So, I think we've talked about this before, and we just got another raid from Zino, dude. <laughs> Zino, thank you so much. You are freaking amazing, my friend. You're awesome, buddy. Thanks so much. 
Yeah, thank you very much, man. That is kick-ass. If you guys have not checked out Zynode stuff, yeah, show them please go to Zynode Gaming site. It is freaking amazing. Outstanding builds. And I love that this man proves the critics wrong. How do I know? Because mm -hmm. I run an off-balance Templar, and he freaking murders. That's how I know. Anyway, thanks, Zynode. You're a freaking kick-ass dude. Um, where was I? Oh! I had in, I had introduced the fact that I love games that have um, roaming world bosses, not just like the ones that spawn that are like, you know, Fido that's right there that he comes back keeps coming back and you got to kill him. I am talking about seriously huge. It's going to take forty freaking people to kill this thing. World bosses, yeah, and you don't know where they're going. You don't know where they're going to pop up, but at some point. Somebody in Glen Umber says, "Freaking, I don't know, Bartha Poppinax is up. Everybody pop in. I put like three different dragons names together to get Partha Poppinax. And I thought Eight. it was pretty effing good on the fly. So I'm just saying. <laughs> but how freaking fun would that be? You're just like, you're getting, you're getting your little dungeon group together and you're waiting for a healer. And you're just kind of, everybody's kind of chatting. And then all of a sudden, you know, somebody comes up with Partha Poppinax just popped. He, we don't know when he's going to show up. He doesn't just respawn. He shows up where he wants, when he wants. All of a sudden, there is a massive 40-person raid world boss right in the middle of your zone. That's you know, what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, and to kind of go off that, uh, I feel like years down the road, when the servers finally shut down for ESO, and you look as a whole, because at the end of the day, when you're looking at the gaming industry, you want to look at, like, all right, what did this game add to a genre? When I look at ESO, I feel like, you know, again, years down the road, we're looking back. I feel like ESO, if they did anything in the MMO space, in the very least, they really put a staple on dynamic content in the game especially when you're talking about roaming world bosses, when you're talking about these dragons flying around. Right. You know what I mean? Now, you following I, me? I totally follow you. I think the next progression for a game as amazing as ESO is to have something like that happen, where you are getting, let me be clear here, where you're getting not just a dragon that flies around every once in a while and, and comes down, which... Don't get me wrong. I freaking love that. It's awesome. I am top. I'm talking epic trial level bosses that oh man, spawn that cool? randomly. I mean, that I to me, like that's the next natural progression for this to eventually get there where you have some kind of threat to all of Nern on top yeah. of the anchors and on, on top of the freaking slow and on top of freaking everything else. On top of the Manhattan flu, on top of all this other crap. Now yeah. you have these epic freaking world bosses that literally takes 40 people to take down. How fun would that be to have that be random world events? That's another thing. Random world events. Yeah. That could happen. So, I don't know. I'm not, like, trying to put anything on their wall of crazy. I am a gamer that absorbs everything that I can get my hands on and then wants more. I guess that's just what we do. But. You know what also I would add to that is make it to where they only spawn maybe once or twice a week. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Where the it's ultimate rarity. Event. Everybody yeah. goes. Yeah. Everyone shows up. Yeah. So fun. 
That would be awesome. <laughs> and in the server room. You ever see that gif of that puppy sitting in the in the home and everything's on fire and it's like everything's okay? Yeah. I feel like I feel like that'd be the servers. <laughs> be the it server be. room. Right? So I just I just want to make it clear that um that you and I have um we have penciled out Zoss's future for for the next year. Not that they're not already working on the next stuff because you know they are. Um <laughs> So there's two things. I just want to make sure you guys are clear on this. Oh, you want to put this on the on the report? Okay, you, you go ahead. Yeah, and I like they're listening. I'm just going to say, if you well, are you, okay. and you happen you to just... be on this part, get a little sticky, get a sticky note, <laughs> <laughs> so write this down, and then you can send the memo out later. But you, know, you can flesh out the memo. But anyway, water content, including pirates and ships, and world bosses that only spawn a couple times a week that are super epic. Major fat loot. The entire population stops and goes, <gasps> Katie Parthenax is up. Let's go kill him. How freaking awesome would both those things be? Oh my God. Look, like I, I, I'm just going to keep going on this. And, you know, I, I know it's, it's, we're running a little long on news, but, uh, gosh, how cool would that be? I could just picture that feeling. Like, he's up. I could see the text already. Dude, he's up. He's up. He's up. He's up. Everyone's logging in, freaking out, getting there, and then you're getting high-end table loot. Oh, I'm going to blow your freaking mind right now. We're going to mix both of those things that they now have on their radar for next year. Okay? Sea content on a ship. Guess what spawns in the middle of the ocean? Kraken. The Kraken! (laughs) (laughs) Get out your bones and stop loading! That if crack there's, <laughs> oh if there's ever sea content, it's GG for Jibs. You'll never see me again. I'll be on the high seas. Oh, you mean you like PvE? Sorry, buddy. That's not in PvP content. You're just going to have to go to your battlegrounds. Queue up. Ready? Ding. See, this is the shit I put up with on a basis. <laughs> Close your eyes, oh. stream. Anyway. <laughs> That's Suck that on those like fingers, buddy. Two middle fingers right there. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. Wow, gosh, man, that's got me stoked for something that that's not even probably coming. But how cool would that be? How cool would that be, It'd man? Be the best. I'm going to send Rich a message oh. on Discord right now. Dude, we just came up with the greatest ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> oh, speaking of Rich, oh, we got another article here. And this one... I just want to say this. I feel like this is the first time this has happened ever. Wait, maybe the second time ever in the show. We have an article that's outside of the main website. I feel like we're going back to the level of morning show days here. So that being said, Elder Scrolls Online has plans for 2020 and years beyond. This coming to us from GameSpot.com. And uh, so this past week... Rich Lambert, Rich, shout out to you, buddy. Hope you're doing well. He was over at Australia for PAX, I guess PAX uh, Australia would be the how they say it. PAX and way south, <laughs> <laughs> way southeast. But uh, anyway, so yeah, he was over there and uh, had a chance to sit down with GameSpotter. Actually, I believe he's on a panel here, and um, so Rich was discussing where ESO has been. And where it's going. Okay, so here's a couple quotes from the article. We can sit here and talk about it. Quote, creative director Rich Lambert, who has worked on the game for 12 years, said in an appearance in the GameSpot Theater today at PAX AOS, 
that Zenimax is planning to continue supporting ESO for a long time. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In a panel, Rich said, change is, quote, core to the experience of a game as a service title. With, and he went on to say, quote, with, or these are quotes within a quote, with single-player games, you release a game, and essentially you're done, Lambert said. But with an MMO like ESO, continuing to support and update the game and support and embrace the community is paramount to finding success. Oh, he embraces the community. Lambert did not offer... Lambert did not offer any specifics on ESO's content plans for 2020 and beyond, however. Of course! Of course he didn't! Dang it, Rich! Of course. (laughs) So long story short... Giant world bosses. That's what's coming, folks. Long story short, what I mean, we already we knew this as fans, you know, content coming in 2020, but you know, and beyond. So we're there. You go. ESO's in it for the long haul. In case anybody was wondering, it's yes. definitely a thing. And real talk here, real talk. ESO will. Uh, this is my personal feeling. ESO is going to continue. To flourish. I'm already getting Discord messages about <laughs> about the open sea content. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyone send ESO, me one? No. ESO no, is gonna continue to flourish and Zoss is gonna continue to have major support for it. Yeah. Until something better comes out and the player base gets smacked. Right now, ESO is the freaking top dog out there. Some other good MMOs out there. Obviously, World of Warcraft is still going to have a giant player base just because they always will and always, or always have and always will. There's other good games out there. Black Desert Online is another good game and stuff. But there will be those little splinters, and then there'll be the top MMOs that are out there. And you've seen the GameSpot and the IGN releases on what is, you know, top MMOs right now. And Elder Scrolls Online is always there. They're doing very, very well right now. Yeah. When something else mind-blowing comes out, it is going to square nutkick everything that's out there right now. And that is, I'm not hopeful for it. I'm just saying that is the way that gaming works. It's yes. the new shiny. That's how, I mean, that's just common across the board. It's everyone will get hit. It doesn't matter what game you're playing, any MMO, it, everyone will get hit. Yeah, when something new and formidable comes out, all MMOs will take a hit. Until then, this is like one of the top dogs out there. This game that you're playing is one of the top dogs out there. And for good reason. The other thing that I'll say that ESO has. ESO has set themselves up in a position to where the game is aging very, very well. The game yeah. continues to be freaking beautiful. Whereas a game like World of Warcraft... Which, don't get me wrong, I've played years of World of Warcraft. So is Jibs. But that game looked like shit (laughs) when it launched. And the game still looks like said shit. It's not to Uh, say that it doesn't look cool. I mean, there's, there's awesome areas and stuff in World of Warcraft. But if you look at the renders and compare it to ESO, there's zero comparison. ESO is, you know as many years as old as it is now and it's aging beautifully i still look at the game and my mind is just blown every time i look at it it's gorgeous yeah you know um and to kind of 
And I agree with you. The way that... And, and really to kind of reinforce what you're saying, it is aged beautifully because they took the same engine that's been around as long as this engine has been, which I don't know if people realize, look, it's been around a bit. I mean, this game's been in development for a long time. Guess what engine they're using? The same one we're playing that's been released, you know, four years later. So right. this has been around a while. That being said, they still found a way to make Somerset look like Somerset. And if you go there and you take a look around, it's seriously... Hands down, I've said this before and I'll say it again, one of the most beautiful zones, period, ever, in any MMO. Hands down. We've played a ton of MMOs. Now, to continue on what you're saying, there are three MMOs in development right now that I know. One in particular that I think is going to be a heavy hitter because the company cannot afford for it not to be a heavy hitter. And that is Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings MMO. That is being developed by... Yeah, it's years off, right. but it is in development by Amazon, which is owned by the richest person in the entire world. Trust me, they'll want to make sure their face looks good when they're putting this together. So I would fully expect them to come out swinging. Also, I believe that uh, rumor has it there was a brand new... Um, what was it? What was the game? Um, was it EverQuest? EverQuest I what it was. No. There was a brand new... Another MMO... That was being developed privately behind the scenes. Um, long story short, I say all that to say this. There will be new MMOs. There's no... I mean, they absolutely will be. They'll look different. But the, in all honesty, the gaming sphere is just like, uh, for lack of a better example, fashion. It just comes... It always comes around, right? It may take a while. Yeah, like Crocs always, and cargo shorts and shit. It's always going to go around. And so I feel like the, we're getting to that point where it's starting to starting to come around again for MMOs. So yeah, and yeah. our our death brings up something in, in chat that is uh, is probably a good point in that um he thinks we're going to get surprised by the announcement for the Lord of the Rings MMO. I could see that. Yeah. Like I like, like at one of the big cons like E3 or something like that. I could totally see that happening. We're like, "Hey, do you remember all that hinting about this?" Well, bam. <laughs> Here it is. Slap everybody there, in your nuts. Look, I mean, I know this is an ESO show, and we're going to keep moving on here, but I just want to say this. The devs that, that they're lining up, the experience that these devs have with the Lord of the Rings MMO, go out and research it. Go look it. Go go look it up. Go read. They're they're coming out swinging. So, But I mean, they they have a freaking tall order. They because in order do. in order to even touch something with ESO's content, you have to you got to knock it out of the park like right off the bat. And who knows yeah. if they're going to. I mean, look at the traction that Zoss has right now with ESO. Oh they my gosh. are yeah. everywhere. Yeah. So I don't know, man. And like I've said before, for a game to put its hooks in me for as long as this game has, that is saying something about a lot of things about the game. Game's amazing. I log into it every day and I freaking love it. And on top yeah. of that, the development team and you know the community of this oh my gosh, yeah. game is it, it's gonna take a lot to drag me away from this place. It truly it w- is. It would have to be absolutely groundbreaking, mind blowing, everything under right. the sun that you ever wanted. And we really. haven't had that happen in a long time. It's even taken no. ESO all these years to nope. get to that point to where they are groundbreaking, mind blowing and 
they yeah. got their hooks in me, you know, for good. Cause I am terrible with ADD with games. I'm like from one to the next, from one to the next, this one sounds good today. This one doesn't, but I can't even have, I don't, we've talked about it before. I don't even have an off game that I regularly play. ESO is my game. If I have an off game, I, I might play battlefront with jibs or Skyrim. That's freaking it for more lore. So well done, Zoss. You've done something that nobody else has been able to do for a long time with me. That's true. Personally. And I can attest to that because I've known you for all these years. And yeah, you seriously moved around games more than I changed my socks. Don't be a dick. I know where you're going with that. All well, right. So that anyway. it's a game a week. Pretty that, much. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. If you want to go check us out, GameSpot.com. We'll have all this stuff linked over at LoreSeekersPodcast.com. Now... It's time for when I get to listen to this guy talk like he knows lore, as if he studies it, as if he puts time in. And so we're going to... 5149. You're not going to let me let that down, are you? Nope. All right. Well, anyway, are you ready? This is when Jibs normally leaves. To refill my water and come right back? Yeah, Grandpa's water. Leave my water alone. Friends, we thought that in the spirit of the season, we would cover some of the darker lore of Elder Scrolls as we approach the Witches' Festival. Although the uh, Tamrielic conversion of the dates and months, Witches' Festivals actually already occurred. It typically occurs on the 13th of Frostfall, which is October 13th. But next week, we'll talk more about that. When we dive into something really sinister, and I'm not going to tell you what it is yet. But tonight, we're going to cover one of the darkest and perhaps one of the most misunderstood Daedric Princes of the Elder Scrolls universe, Nocturnal. She, as she manifests, is also known as the Night Mistress and Lady Luck. She's the Daedric Prince encompassing the night and the darkness. Nocturnal and Azura have at times been referred to as sisters, although there is no empirical evidence that there is a relation there. Now, it's difficult to accurately describe exactly what Nocturnal is, but she is no, uh, as she's usually known to be hidden in darkness in shadow. Now, she usually takes the form of a very nondescript human woman, she wears a hooded cloak. It hides much of her body, unfortunately. Uh, in most statue depictions, she has outstretched hands, and she usually is adorned with nightingales on her wrists. Now, being the boundless embodiment of the obscure, that's kind of what she's about. Nocturnal claims to be the direct aspect of the void of oblivion the night mistress prefers that humans don't fully understand her motivations and those who choose to worship nocturnal are usually those who operate under the cover of darkness most notably thieves and spies here's our first Ooh. fun fact yeah now one would think murderers and assassins would take nocturnal as their chosen deity but this is not normally the case 
most murderers, assassins, and unsavory types would rather choose the embodiments of Molag Ball, the Raper, or Mafala, whose innate beings offer a more violent nature. Now, as described by Carlia, that name should be very familiar to you. She was an infamous Dunmer thief and a member of the Nightingales in the game Skyrim. She describes Nocturnal like a scolding mother who pushes her child to do better. Now, this may indicate that Nocturnal actually cares about mortals. And if you played through that quest line, Thieves Guild quest line in Skyrim, it kind of gives you a little bit of that indication. You kind of see that somewhere else, though. I'm not going to spoil it, but you, you, you still see that same vibe. Yes, you do. And I'm going to, I'm going to talk about that like right at the end, like where you can see some more of Nocturnal because she's actually a very, very cool Daedra. Copy. Now, this unknowable nature is the very core of who Nocturnal is, as she prefers to remain dark and mysterious. Although dark and clouded by an enigmatic personification, her deception to mortals is not typically meant to be harmful or violent as, say, Boethia or Mephala. Now, there is no known organized worship of Nocturnal. Despite a very large following in comparison to the other Daedric princes, Nocturnal's followers have very few temples in celebration of her clergy. It would seem that Nocturnal herself has very little interest in worship. Another little fun fact for you. There is, however, despite what I just said, one such temple to Nocturnal. It is called the Twilight Sepulchre, and it is located in Skyrim as a portal to her plane of oblivion, which is known as Evergloam. I freaking love the entire concept of Ever Evergloam. We're going to talk more about it. Uh, the portal itself to Evergloam is known as Ebonmere, and that also is in Skyrim. Nocturnal is followed by thieves and is known to be the source of their luck. She also has three dedicated mortal servants on Nern, known as the Nightingales. Now, these servants to Nocturnal serve and commune with her directly, having been granted the power over the shadows, subterfuge, and strife in exchange for their service. A Nightingale must be chosen... They enter into a contract with Nocturnal and they are bound for life with their main goal being to protect the Twilight Sepulchre and Nocturnal's realm until Nocturnal herself feels that they have fulfilled their agreement. Now, some of Nocturnal's females, the ones that are more magically inclined of very close followers of Nocturnal are known simply as witches. In the book, The Purloined Shadows, a coven of witches dedicated to Nocturnal can be found worshipping her. And the excerpt reads, now, keep in mind, this is Elder Scrolls, and Elder Scrolls can get a little... I don't know, there's Harley. porn in this thing, so I'm just, I'm going to say there's porn. So, it's terrible. Prawn, we'll call it prawn if you have the little ones around. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Purloined Shadows, this is a little excerpt. The Daedra Princess Nocturnal stepped out of the pit of uncolor. She stood in the center of the circle, a tree of pallid crows her throne, aloof, as the witches continued their chanting, dropping their robes to prostrate themselves naked before the great mistress. Jib, sit on your hands. 
Wrapping her night cloak around her, she smiled at their song. It spoke of her mystery, of veiled beauty, of eternal shadow, and a divine future when the sun burns no more. Nocturnal let her cloak slide from her shoulders and was also naked. <laughs> her witches did not raise their head from the ground, but continued their hymn of darkness. Sorry. There's a is naked there a, woman all up in here. Is there a Argonian uh, maid expert as well? Chad wants to know. Uh, no. Okay. I don't think there were Argonians. Okay. And if they were, their little tails would have been inside. <laughs> That's so terrible. <laughs> we going to move on and talk about let you eat that one. artifacts. <laughs> yeah. No more prawns. No more prawns. No more. No more prawns. Okay. Anyway, Nocturnal's <laughs> Artifacts. There's a couple of them that uh, I'm sure you're going to know what both of these are if you had done played any Elder Scrolls games. Fifty Shades of Nocturnal. <laughs> oh, boy. There is definitely a shadier side to the Elder Scrolls. For sure. Look, all content aside, Elder Scrolls explores everything from class... Uh, to you know, like class, like where you reside in the world, to racism, to pornography. So you know, and it some goes all very, very dark themes. One of these shows, I should tell you the story. This it gets very personal for me, but I should tell you the story of something that happened when I was playing Skyrim several years ago. Remind me. I will tell that story, no shame. Anyway. Let's tell it on Halloween, our Halloween episode. We should tell it on the Halloween episode. I might scare the crap out of people because I know of at least a couple of people that have not played Elder Scrolls after they've heard that story, dude. And look at me, every day I'm like, I need more Elder Scrolls. (laughs) It's a freaking scary-ass story, dude, and I'm just going to leave it right there. I will tell it at a future time because it's a longer story. Anyway. All righty. Let's talk about some of Nocturnal's artifacts. There are two that I'm sure you're going to recognize that have a major connection to Nocturnal. The first is the Cal of Nocturnal. It's one of these... Did I say Cal of Nocturnal? That's it, right? I don't know. Yeah. It's one of the relics that was said to have been created by her herself. The Cal has the ability to completely hide the identity of its wearer from the knowledge of mortals. What does that mean? So... The power of this cowl is so great. And this cowl, a replica of this cowl, you can wear in Elder Scrolls Online. It looks just like one of the basic Khajiiti medium armor things. Thingamajiggers. Helmets. There you go. That's what I was talking about. A helm? Yeah. Yes. So the power of this cowl is so great, the cowl of Nocturnal, that mortals are unable to even remember the name of the person who owns it or wears it, even if it's not being worn. Like, it's amazing. Even if the cowl was removed in plain sight of another mortal, they still cannot recall the person who's wearing it. Now, that is in Oblivion, I believe. Really, really freaking cool Thieves Guild storyline in that game. Amazing. And it all has to do with the cowl Nocturnal. A second relic of Nocturnal is known as the Skeleton Key, and this is from Skyrim. Really cool story about this one. Now, this Skeleton Key was known to have the ability to unlock any lock 
including any physical lock, including metaphysical barriers. Portals to oblivion. Uh-huh. Now, the skeleton key is the key that kept Ebonmere open. Remember, I told you earlier that Ebonmere is the gate to Nocturnal's realm of... Mm -hmm. Of, um... What's the gloom? Everglow. Now, throughout history, the artifact has traveled between the hands of many heroes in many different locations. As its, le as its legend implies, the skeleton key would never be the property of one thief for too long. Let's talk a little bit about Evergloom, which is Nocturnal's realm. This is the very mysterious and dark realm of Nocturnal herself. This is her, her plane of oblivion. This realm appears to have a connection to the luck that some thieves enjoy in their following of the mysterious Daedric Prince, Nocturnal. The realm is described as dark and foggy with numerous gloomy and dangerous creatures. A little fun fact here. Nocturnal's fortress in Evergloom is known as Shade Perilous. This location is described as a place in which no light resides or can enter. So another plane, really cool. it's awesome. Another plane of Evergloom is known as the Crowswood. This dark and marshy area contains a faction of intelligent talking ravens known as the Black Feather Court. That should also be familiar to you if you're an ESO player. You can actually access this creepy dungeon in Elder Scrolls Online by activating a treasure chest in Eastern Davin's Watch in Stonefalls. Now, the Shadow Cleft is another area of Evergloom, and it uh, contains foresty ruins. It is run by the Night Sister Chimera, or Chimera. The area is overrun with Gloam Wolves, Night Terrors, Gloam Hags, and Gargoyles. Then there's Exarch's Egress. This is an area of Evergloom. It's an old imperial fort that appears to have been reclaimed by nature. This location is where the Wraith of Crows reside. And is thought to be the home of the Exarchs of Dross, which is the opposing faction to the faction of Ravens known as the Blackfeather Court. So no matter how you choose to view the Daedric Prince Nocturnal, she is the pure embodiment of darkness and mystery, and that's the way she likes it. There are several quests in which Nocturnal makes an appearance or plays a major part in ESO. And those quests are Where Shadows Lie, that's where you save the Clockwork God, The Dreaming Cave, where you find a way to communicate with Meridia and rescue the Golden Knight, Lost in Translation, that's where you locate the Heart of Transparent Law, and then there's the Crystal Tower, where you ascend the Crystal Tower to put an end to Nocturnal's machinations. Those last four are all Somerset-related, correct? Uh, for the yeah, for the most part. The last three, yeah, yeah. Except for yeah, except for where shadows lie. Yeah. Oh man, good stuff. That was really good. Thanks, buddy. Next week we are gonna do another really cool kind of Halloweeny one, but uh, it's special. So, okay. Not, well, well yeah, let's you. don't tell him. Don't give him. No. Don't tell me. Don't tell him. Well, that was really good. Really well done. See, I, when you do something, I compliment you on the lore. I don't kick you in the nuts. So really, really well done. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for being here for that, too. I mean, I really feel super warm in my heart that you didn't just go, like take a dump or something. While I was doing that. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh. I saved my dumps for his lore lesson. And when he does them, I go do that. 
That's hilarious. Well, everyone, thank you, <laughs> thank you all so much for hanging out with us here on Lore Seekers. We uh, hope you enjoyed yourself. And if you did, make sure, if you could, please take the time just for a few seconds, leave us a review. Whatever app you're using, if you would, tell us how we're doing. For every five-star review that we get on iTunes, we'll show you some love with a shout-out here on the show. So you can look forward to that. And uh, speaking of shout-outs, I got this tweet live while you were doing the lore lesson. This is from at Crown ESO. Oh, cool. Uh, on Twitter, it says at Lord Seekers Cast, Volume Three, Episode Seventeen. Jibs asks, "Are you listening to us in the shower?" Yes, I have with my waterproof speaker. I am vindicated. That's right. <laughs> we have arrived. <laughs> Someone's listening to us in the shower. What are you doing with your hands? Uh, they're up. You better be soap in your arms. And check. And check. And check. Anyway, uh, you can always call it. Thank you, by the way, for that tweet. It was very kind. Because uh, it vindicated me. That's the main reason. All right. So you can call us 765-382-6961. Of course, as you heard earlier with the voicemails, we will play them on the show. Trying to keep them around a minute or less. We really appreciate it. You can email us always, which many of you continue, even after almost two years of Lore Seekers this upcoming March. Two years. You still take advantage of Lord Seekers Podcast at gmail.com. If you're looking to be a part of a thriving community, one that's growing continuously, you want to meet friendly people from all over the world, well, you have the opportunity to potentially make it into the Lore Seekers Guild. You go to loreseekerspodcast.com forward slash guild, you download Discord. It's at the very bottom after you read all the tidbits about the guild. Join our Discord server and apply by typing slash apply in the apply to guild channel. Not everybody makes it in, but we hope you do. LoreSeekersPodcast.com forward slash guild. You can also find this show wherever podcasts are free. And if you're looking for even more content, LoreSeekersPodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter. You can find Jibs at JibsIRL. You can find myself at LoreSeekerCash. And the cash is with a K. But do us a favor. Follow the show. That's where all the good stuff happens. On Twitter, we're at LoreSeekersCast. At Instagram, at Loreseekers, and right here at our home on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Loreseekers podcast. Thank you, everybody, so much for hanging out, for listening, for continuing to support this show, and uh, being a part of not only our lives, but of the ESO fam. Have a great week. Be safe. Show some of the ESO fam love to someone. Right. Dilly dilly. Buy somebody a coffee. Do something awesome this week. Yeah. Show love. Dilly dilly. Dilly dilly. dilly.